Zach on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan. Something special brewing in Denver sports right now. I can smell it. Just want to make sure we're on uh, the same page here. Jake Shapiro, DenverSports.com, with us. James Merrill at DenverSports.com, filling in for Brandon Stokely today. The tallest task in the NBA has turned into coming into Denver, Colorado and winning. 30-4, and the Nuggets are at home. There's not another team in the NBA that has 29 home wins. There's not another, not another team in the NBA that has 28 home wins. They're the number one seed in the West, Jake. The biggest uh, gap between any two seeds in the playoff picture is the one to the two seed. They're becoming secretary of the Western Conference. I just want to make sure that we're kind of all on the same page with in terms of expectations. This reminds me of a conversation from a year ago with the Avs expectations when it comes to the Denver Nuggets. What, Jake, we'll start with you. What is your line of demarcation to after the season, you can say, like, with conviction, this was a raging success? They have never been to an NBA Finals. If they get to an NBA Finals this year, it is a success. Obviously, we are all hoping they win a championship, but to set the bar at winning a championship or bust, I think, is a little far-fledged. But getting to a championship for the first time in Nuggets history, I myself, and I don't know about James, as a Nuggets fan, would be thrilled with that. Yeah, they've never been there, as Jake said. They've never had a better opportunity, right? You're the one seed. That puts you in a, in a good spot just to begin with. And then, look, when you look in the rearview mirror, at least at the moment, it's Memphis and Sacramento. Now, Phoenix and Golden State are quickly moving up the standings, mm-hmm. and they should start to scare uh, everybody, because th- those will not be a teams you want to see, especially in the second round. They're like, oh, it's very Nuggets. But if you're the one seed, it should be you get to the NBA Finals. Barring an injury to one of four players, and particularly one of three guys, you better get to the NBA Finals. Otherwise, you look at it as disappointing. If you get to the NBA Finals, if you lose to Boston, you lose to Milwaukee, okay, went further than you've ever been. If somebody else comes out of the East, then it's championship or bust. So we are all on the same page here. Uh, it, for me, it has to be the NBA Finals. And if not now, then when? Like, if, if there has never been an intersection between the Nuggets being this good, this is the greatest team that they've ever assembled, you have the MVP of the league, you have home court advantage, and if it was any answer but the Finals, it'd be to a place that this team's already been. And how could you say that's definitive success when it's a Western Conference Finals when we've already seen that? And I just can't go there. And, and and if there is like a, maybe like a sheepish, I guess for lack of a better term, like Nuggets fan out there that doesn't want to lean into the expectations, I would just say then, then when, that whenever. Like why, yeah. why even have a basketball team if you have the NBA's MVP with this construction of a roster from a team that's been to the Western Finals? It's, it's right now, Jake. The team has leaned into those expectations. So whether or not you, a fan, are leaning into them does not matter because the team knows they need to get there. And you talk about it, if not, now when. Last year, a lot of people talked to me about Nicole Jokic and how amazing he was. I told them, Nicole Jokic is going to find a way to get better. Right now, if you ask me, I'm not sure that Nikola Jokic is getting better than this. He's averaging a 20-point triple-double on historic Steph Curry-level shooting numbers. Like, it's insane while also having a core around him of guys that are particularly built to win playoff basketball. One guy in particular, they have their starting five locked up, but Bruce Brown probably is not coming back just because of the way the NBA salary cap works. It's just not going to be really theoretically possible. So the window is now. The Nuggets probably will never have a better team in the course of their franchise history than they do today in the middle of March 2023. Like, this is an unbelievably good team. You mentioned the home court record. That's their X factor. It is nearly impossible to build, uh, beat this team at home. And guess what? They're tied for the best record. Uh, they've tied for the most wins in the NBA right now. Like Not they might back. right. They might have every single game seven in Denver. That's right. a possibility. Right. On top of that, um, you know, you mentioned well, what what's going to happen around them? 
the Nuggets in the first round are probably going to play a team that won 20 less games than them in the regular season. That's kind of wild to think about. Yeah, and you mentioned home court advantage. It's why I think they need to not be thinking about load management. It's looking out the front window, not the rearview mirror. Nobody's catching you in the West. It's over. You, I mean, that would be a colossal collapse. Yep. It's about tracking down Boston, which you have, and Milwaukee, which you're a half game back. And you mentioned game seven would be at home. That would be important. I Playing game seven on the road is secondary to me, though. It's playing games one and two yeah. at home. It's not falling into a hole where you got to win four out of five against Boston or Milwaukee in an NBA Finals. And look, this isn't why they lost to Golden State and Phoenix. They were outmatched in both those series. But those two series, the last two years in the playoffs, were over after two games. Well, look at how much it helped the Avs last year, too. Like, they just started and they rolled. Like, they got their momentum, they got their rhythm, and then they went on the road and they just kept it up. Like, it wasn't about setting a tone. It was just, hey, we're going to go in there and play our game, and then we just kept playing our game. When you're up 2-0 going on the road and winning game three, so much easier than trying to win game one on the road. Of course. I mean, it's night and day. And we saw, you go back to that Phoenix series, they were up double digits in the second half of that game in game one. And once it started going downhill, the snowball, they couldn't stop it in that building. Game two, they get blown out. Michael Malone accuses him of, cheat, of uh, quitting, not cheating, quitting. And then game three is bad. Game four, Jokic gets booted. Like, it just unraveled so quick. Right. It unraveled in eight minutes of basketball time. But it was on the road where that doesn't happen if you're starting off at home. Well, look at the Raptors last night. It took them one and a half minutes to unravel. Right. Like, that's that's what it – Zach, you played basketball at a high level. Like, it all takes is three or four possessions, and all of a sudden your season's over. This is why – and what you just said right there, what you just said, if we did clip it, this is why um, – and me and DMAC had a conversation about the non-Jokic minutes in the playoffs. Don't think that 90 seconds can't lose you a game. We've seen it. We saw it last night. And this is where a team like Milwaukee, I think, differentiates themselves. And I know I'm putting the cart before the horse because that would be the NBA Finals. But when I see the Milwaukee Bucks bench, when you're bringing Bobby Portis and Chris Middleton off the bench, I, I'm like, I, I look at, you know, I'm looking at like Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryan. Like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that, you know, if they get there. But let me ask you guys a question. Is there a 1-8 matchup that would cause you to lose a little bit of sleep and are the Lakers in the conversation because it's very realistic that you could match up with LeBron, Anthony Davis, the NBA officials against the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. The Lakers don't scare me. The the Lakers are just not very good. Like they're not a good team and they've been a disaster all season. LeBron and AD go for 30 points each, 40 points each. Where are those extra 40 points coming from? They just don't have enough scoring on their team. Their rebounding has gotten a lot better, especially since Jared Vanderbilt has gotten there. He's actually been fantastic. Uh, makes the Nuggets probably regret moving on from him. But they, they, they don't have enough playmaking. D'Angelo Russell's hurt right now. They're just they're a mess. They don't scare me. If Golden State somehow drops back down into that play-in range and somehow ends up an eight, that scares me. The Clippers aren't scary at all. Dallas is not scary to me. They, the they're Clippers a mess. The Clippers don't scare you? No, dude. The Nuggets snuck by them the not n- too long ago they, at home. They have mind control over the Clippers yeah. now. Yeah. Like, the record since the buzzle against, here, here, like, against the, the Clippers, since the bubble has been... Here's why that, that matchup worries me and it's my biggest worry well I, my number one worry is Michael Malone my number two worry is God almighty. I don't think <laughs> they guy. have the defensive stopper that everybody thinks they do everybody's like oh they got KCP last night we saw it a little bit when he was trying to guard Van Fleet late and it's like yeah the guy just keeps scoring it's a that, game in March I, I get it but in that Clipper game all the Clippers did like 12 straight possessions was go to Kawhi and they could not stop Kawhi Leonard with KCP on him. They just couldn't. Well, it's going to be Aaron Gordon in the playoffs. The Nuggets were actually aligning differently in that game than they would in a, in a postseason game. Um, but it, it, it will. That's one of the. Actually, you make a good point. The Clippers do offer some matchup problems for the Nuggets because they are all wings, and the Nuggets have one guard stopper KCP and one wing stopper in Aaron Gordon. But I'll give you the team that actually scares me if the Nuggets won eight. It's if New Orleans plays New Orleans plays the Nuggets and Zion is healthy. Mm. That's an actual scary matchup. To me, the Clippers, who, by the way, Russell Westbrook teams are one in fifteen in the last sixteen games he has started. Like they they're gonna find a way to implode. The Clippers always find a way. Ty Lue, I don't think, is is the hype around him is real. So uh, Mason Plumley's legit, but yeah, I mean New Orleans and Zion, that's a little If they lose the one eight matchup, Michael Malone will be fired. Yeah. He should be fired. Yeah. yeah. Yep. If they lose in the second round to anybody other than Golden State or Phoenix, which right now that's who they would get, the winner of that series, those are the four and the five, I don't think it finishes that way. But if you lose to one of those teams, you're, you're excused. If it's anybody else, he should be fired.
anything short of losing to Phoenix, Golden State, Milwaukee, or Boston, you you need to have a new head coach in Denver next year. Let me let me answer my own question. I bounced off you guys about the Lakers. I agree wholeheartedly with you. We've seen this a couple times when regimes just the shine totally comes off them in front of everyone. I think the Nuggets would obliterate the Los Angeles. Obliterate. And I think of like another regime like Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, two years ago, they played the Bills in the playoff games and the, and the Bills went 7-for-7 seven seven on scoring drives. And just like, oh my gosh, Bill. I'm like, no, is it, this, is, this is now fully over. It would be fully over for the Lakers. I think even from a perception standpoint, if they matched up with the Denver Nuggets in the first round, it of the reminds playoffs. me of the Lakers late in Kobe's career. Remember the game where he he just decided he wasn't going to shoot at all. Yeah, and then they got swept. I think it was the same year they got swept out of the playoffs by the Suns. And it was just like they just weren't they didn't even get swept. In it. I don't think they, they got. They just I don't weren't think even they got swept. in this series. Though. I was like, this is just not a team that's ready to yeah. contend for a title. It feels kind of that way with the Lakers again. Yeah, you know, but what you said about the officials. Listen, I've been watching this team for a long time. That would worry me. That, yeah, but like, look, the I, officials, I saw them win the Nuggets game no last doubt, night. No doubt. Uh, let me no. give you real quick. I'm going to give you three things I'm looking for the rest of the Nuggets season. Yeah, real quick. Number one, staying healthy. Number two, figuring out the bench minutes, particularly six, seven, eight in the rotation. Number three, hoping Golden State and Phoenix is the 3-6 and not the 4-5 matchup in the West. I think that's good stuff. Jake Shapiro, DenverSports.com. Thanks for stopping by. Of course. All right. After yesterday, is the writing on the wall of which direction the Broncos will go at backup quarterback? It's coming up next. California. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Yesterday is the writing on the wall of which direction the Broncos will go at backup quarterback. Uh, we've talked about backup quarterback through the years here because it's just super relevant. I mean, again, we've detailed, detailed it through the years, but outside of 2018, where Case Keenum started every game, the Broncos needed a backup quarterback in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, in 2019, in 2020, in 2021, 2022. Seven out of the last eight years, the backup has played, and about half of the time, the third string has to play at some point. Other than 2015, though, all those seasons have one thing in common. It was a series of bad quarterbacks who were playing. Sure. Because the three years before that, 2012, 2013, 2014, they did not need a backup quarterback. Nope. And it would have been, hey, if their starter gets hurt, uh, the season is a wash anyway. So... It's it's one of those tricky conversations for me because I'm with you. Wait, you I, said if the starter gets hurt this season? No, back in oh, those three oh, years. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yep. So it's a tricky situation, tricky conversation for me because I'm firmly in the camp of, hey, if your backup quarterback has to play an extended period of time, you're SOL. If the backup quarterback has to play as much as we saw last year, then you want to have somebody who can come in and win games, and they clearly didn't last year. They beat the Jets with a competent backup last year. They got the ball back twice at around midfield down 16 to 9 and ran six plays. They they just they couldn't move the football. And then yeah, they beat Arizona, but it was their backup and their third string quarterback, so right, right. um that wasn't a great accomplishment. You have to have somebody, Zach, that can come in if Russell Wilson, we saw this last year, right against the Chiefs. He got him back in that game. That's a one possession game. If, if, and that might have been the game, actually, where they got the ball back twice in that one, too. It was. And they couldn't do anything with it. Yep. you got to have somebody who, hey, if, if you're in the game and Russell Wilson gets dinged and can't come back in, should have happened in the Colts game. He should have never come back in that game. Did happen in the Chiefs game here. Do you have somebody that can keep the, the car on the road? And then if he has to play for a short amount of time, one or two weeks, can you find a way to win with him? If you have to play five, six, seven, eight weeks with your backup quarterback – Start looking toward the draft. Well, what about 2015? I think that's the exception to the rule. Okay, so and it's because you had. I'm looking Peyton, for Peyton. Also got him to seven and one that year before he got hurt. Okay, but I would have Brock start five. It's like he five. started five. He went played in six. Maybe 
He was five and two, so he played in seven. Wow! And he would have been four and three if Peyton hadn't bailed him out in the finale. Okay, but he but he was above five hundred. That's, that's all you. That's like best case scenario. No You're doubt. Just tread water if the backups. Got and that was an exception to the rule because it was also arguably the best defense in this century. So the Broncos ain't going to have the best defense in this century this coming season, right? Jameis Winston has real experience under Sean Payton. He was with the Saints for three years when he was 26, 27, 28. He's still in his 20s. Isn't that something? Feels like Jameis has been around for a long time. Still in his 20s. Former number one overall pick. Guy went from throwing 30 interceptions, which is just unconscious, like just in the wrong kind of way. Like, goodness, a 30 for 30 season. But then, you know, he's sort of, Kind of corrected course since then, since that season. In New Orleans, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He's not going to be anyone's plan moving forward as a starter. He would have to, like, you know, fall into some scenario where he plays well, Russ gets hurt or something like that. But does does Jameis do anything for you in that role, in that backup role? No, because what I want my backup quarterback to be can play a second half if you have to, can play a week or two if you have to. I want somebody that's steady and reliable and you know exactly what you're getting. I know Jameis has been better since that year, but I don't know that anybody would use steady Eddie to describe Jameis Winston. No. So I'm going to pass on Jameis. But but who who comes to mind that could be available? That, I it's mean, an Andy Dalton type. Like, okay. The Saints had to play Andy Dalton a ton this year, which is why their season was bad. If you have to play Andy Dalton against the Jets last year, you beat the Jets. You lost 16-9 okay. with Brett Rippon. Okay. Andy Dalton wins that game. Uh, Andy Dalton, 2-1 uh, to one touchdown interception ratio, even <laughs> even being, um, you know, overexposed. You love that stat. What's that? Touchdown interception ratio. I knew that was exactly what you were going to give me with Andy Dalton. What? What? Uh, <laughs> why? 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 Why is it so funny? It's to you? a good stat, and it is a measure. <laughs> it is your be all end all. You go to that before record, before like yards per attempt or completion. It is always touchdowns interception. You want me to go yards per attempt before touchdown to interception I'm just ratio? There are other and metrics. wins and losses. You got twenty two starters. Quarterback like, rating. Like there are other things. Sometimes. You Did just thought that is always your go-to. I, it is the first thing that I go to, yes, because you throw in touchdowns to you turning the ball over. I mean, that's that, that's important. I, I'm not saying it's not important. Here you go. I got one for you. Six and eight record. Uh, <laughs> completed 66% of his passes, which is which is really good. It's among his actually career highs this past year uh, in those uh, 14 games with New Orleans. Um what a yards per attempt was seven point six, James. Okay, do you have more of the picture now? Yes, full, okay. full picture. No, it, it, I'll, and I'll go anecdotal. So I, I already brought up the Jets game. They lost sixteen to nine here mm-hmm. early in the season. I think they win that game with Andy Dalton. When Russell Wilson got hurt, they were at the two yard line. They scored to make it thirty four twenty eight. He went out with a thirty four twenty one, but he got him there, so he got him to thirty four twenty eight. Okay, a little creative accounting, but go ahead. Okay. Down down 34-28. If Andy Dalton gets the ball twice at midfield in the final four minutes of that game, they got a better chance of winning that game than with Brett Rippon. I agree. So I agree. I, I think, think there's games. I think there's games that Russell played in where Andy Probably. Dalton would give you a better chance of winning. Probably, but here's, here's Andy Dalton in less games threw more touchdowns and less interceptions than the Broncos starting quarterback. Part of what this team needs is some calm and some quiet. And one of the things that will just erase calm and quiet is a quarterback dispute, a quarterback issue. See, I'm 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 looking to make this room uncomfortable. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to make Russell Wilson not as comfy as he was last year. He's not in charge. Okay, so you sound like Hackett. It's all about Russ. And I'm. It's more about Sean Payton. Of like, we just we can't have a quarterback controversy. Sorry, that was the word I was looking for. You can't have a quarterback controversy. And if, you're if qu- Russell plays well, there is no controversy. And if your backup quarterback is James, if Russell plays well, there's no controversy. Zach, I was in this town when people wanted Gary Kubiak to play over John Elway. I just, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's just, that's the last thing they need. Who, who, do you, who would you if want? If it's a as- one-year audition, then just, it's, in, it's Russ it, or bust. It, it, you're about to say in Russ we trust? Yeah. Because I, oh, no. That is the, the mantra of the fan club that I'm the vice president of. Derek's the president of it. <laughs> okay. Um, we didn't have a vote. Um, but I, I, I just think just put all your eggs in that basket. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay, too. 
three and fourteen is not worst case scenario for the Broncos this year. Eight and nine is. Then you're in no man's land. Like, just have Russ be out there. If he's bad, if he's as bad as DMAC thinks and all the he's cooked people think, then fine. Let him go out there and just wither on the vine. Why are you trying to salvage eight and nine with Jameis Winston? All right. Um, oh, hey, who's, who's your perfect backup? I'm good. Well, I don't know. Is Andy Dalton a free agent? I yeah, think he is. I believe he is. I'm going Andy Dalton. Okay. I think they would have been much better off last year with Andy Dalton as the backup. Uh, I agree with you there. I disagree. I, I would not rather have 35 year old Andy Dalton. Like, give me like, give me like 28 year old Gardner Minshew. I've seen that guy win games. Let him apply a little bit of pressure again. Hey, hey, hey if you're one Gardner, guy. Hey, if you're one Gardner Minshew away from causing a controversy, you got the wrong starter nobody, in the first place. My nobody friend. is going to be clamoring for Andy Dalton week four. All right, all right. Uh, we have breaking news in the NFL on the QB front. Hang tight. Breaking news next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. All right, we got some breaking news in the NFL. Adam Schefter. Ravens sent notice to the NFLPA that they have placed the $32 million non exclusive franchise tag. On quarterback Lamar Jackson. He is now allowed to negotiate with other teams, but Ravens have right to match any offer sheet he signs or take two first-round picks in return for him. The non-exclusive tag. James Merrillat from DenverSports.com filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Thoughts? Smart play by the Ravens because there's three ways it's going to go, all of which you're fine with. If you have him for this season at 32 and a half, it's actually a pretty good value. That's not crazy. It's not a ridiculous number for a star quarterback. Uh, if if somebody gives him a contract that you're willing to match, great. You just got a long-term deal with your quarterback, with your franchise quarterback. If they don't, or if they give him an offer you don't want to match, too much guaranteed money, whatever. Yeah, it would probably be that. Great. You get two first-round picks. Now, you can rank those of what's better and, and probably the one year is last, but mm-hmm. you're not going to lose Lamar Jackson for nothing. Is he worth more than two first-round picks? Yeah, but that's uh, that's a, at least a decent consolation prize as he's walking out the door. It's it's the smart play. It's I don't know why more teams don't do this. I don't know why the Broncos aren't doing this with Draymond Jones. I don't. Now, you would have to be willing to pay him $19 million this year. Which you know they don't want to do, and no one wants to do that because that's above his market value. We'll see. I'm not sure. Do you is. think he's going to hit $19 million a year? It wouldn't shock me. Okay. It wouldn't shock me. And I just, at least you would get something in return for him. If it ends up to where the Broncos have watched Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones walk out the door for Nick Benito, Luke Wattenberg, a third-round pick this year, well, and hold, Sean Payton. Well, hold on, you're you're you're, you're looking at those things in a, like a positional vacuum. Like that's, which, a, that's a big which, damage to your front seven. Which which one of those defensive uh, pass rushers would you want to sign up for over a hundred million dollars? Vaughn going into age thirty-three season, which has aged very poorly for Buffalo. Bradley Chubb, hey, he got hurt. Yeah, that, that's part of the story. I mean, Vaughn's, what is sure. he, are we three three ACLs in now? The Rams had a parade because he went there, in yeah, part. He, he was great for that backstretch of the Rams. Not going to take that away. He was the Vaughn Miller of old. I mean, he didn't look much different than he did in Denver during his heyday. He was a big part of the reason that pushed him across the finish line. But when you're when you're paying someone a long-term $100 million in excess deal, which I think Buffalo's like 140 or something crazy like that, um, it's not aging well. You're paying for future performance, right? And even if you could, uh, I guess, I, I, I well, on. let me ask you, would, did you want to s- sign Von Miller up for uh, at going into his age 33 season, $140 million? I think he got that contract because you sent him to the Rams. He showed that he could help a team get over the hump, and that inflated his value. If you'd have signed him before he left town, you would have probably got him for what you got Randy Gregory for. Okay. That's how much they inflated his value by getting him another ring. Okay. So I would in that instance, yeah. Would I rather have Von Miller or Randy Gregory? Von Miller every day. So uh, I, I, 
I disagree that it would have been the Gregory deal. I think Vaughn was going to get paid regardless one more time. Whether he would have got the Buffalo money, Buffalo was kind of, they paid more than anyone. I think he would have got the Chandler Jones deal, though, which was because they were like the exact same age. And it was about what Randy Gregory got. Okay. They're, they're in the same ballpark. It got inflated because it was like, oh, my God, this guy's the last piece to a Super Bowl. Right. Which makes Buffalo say, yeah, well, let's hey, do we're it. knocking we're, on the we're door. Close. And we'll do goodness, it. that's blown up in their face. But that's a hypothetical, yep, so yep. who knows? Um, with Bradley Chubb. Now, you were on this, but I'm going to give you another chance here to... Would you still sign Bradley Chubb up to a $100 million deal with the advantage of seeing how it uh, aid for the half the season in Miami, projecting forward, would you be okay signing Bradley Chubb up for a $100 million contract? Yeah, you got to pay somebody. Because I was doing the show with you when that trade happened. And it was, well, you, not you, but the, what we kept hearing on text line and, you know, social media was, well, they got to save that money for Draymond. And I'm like, okay, let's see. Let's see if they pay Draymond. Are they signing him this week? Here we are. Franchise tag deadline is 22 minutes away, and we're still talking about Draymond Jones being on time. So at some point, you have to pay somebody. If Vaughn Miller leaves town, Bradley Chubb leaves town, Draymond Jones leaves town, and you've replaced them with Nick Benito, Randy Gregory. Yeah, but 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 what we're doing here is is you're letting the replacement like retroactively dictate what you should have done. Just looking at the Chubb situation, that deal is going to age so poorly in Miami. It already has. The the, the Dolphins. He's been there for ten minutes. They can't stand it. Deal hasn't even kicked in yet. Uh, we'll see. And the guy was the fifth overall pick. We'll see what Vic does with him. <laughs> so let's just in my mind. And I know they're different, so this is a little bit, you know, not non-congruent analogy. But $100 million, I'm just going to say, is the equivalent to drafting someone fifth overall. And after half a decade here, Bradley Chubb never looked like the fifth overall pick outside of, like, no. a 12-game stretch his rookie season. He didn't, but in part, that's because he did things that were underappreciated. He, when he went fifth overall, we expected him to be Von Miller. He wasn't Von Miller. He wasn't 60% of Von But how much better was Draymond Jones when he had Bradley Chubb next to him? He was better. How much better was the defense when Draymond Jones and Bradley Chubb were on the field together? Yeah, but you know what they never said like about Lawrence Taylor or Bruce Smith? Or like, hey, he'd really get after the quarterback if only someone was on the opposite side. Like, not, are you great or not? He's not special. I'll right, give you and, that. And you're paying him special, special. Uh, in today's NFL, I'm not sure that it is. But all I'm all I'm hearing, we had Mike Clisson when I was sitting with Will last week, and it was, Ah, they're not going to pay top dollar for Draymond. They're not going to pay top dollar for uh, Dalton Reiser. They're not going to pay top dollar for Alex Singleton. They'll just go try to find another one-year, $1 million Alex Singleton this year. It sounds like attention Walmart shoppers. That's what it sounds like to me. At some point, you got to spend money on somebody. And everybody says, and, and I've been saying this since during the whole coaching search, part of the nonsense was, well, they don't have any draft capital. It's a bad job. They don't have any draft capital for one year. They don't have a first-round pick and a second-round pick this year. Right, That's right, it. right. And then it was, oh, they got cap problems. It's like, no, they don't. They're 12th in cap space. They can get to $40 million in cap space with three obvious moves. And that just doesn't even go to the fact that cap problems, it's a joke. The Saints were 31st. They just signed Derek Carr to a four-year, $150 million contract. Right. You, you, could, you could make it. It's Plato. You could yeah. make it do what you want to so do. So if you can figure that out yeah. when you were $29 million under the cap, then the Broncos are fine. But so just, do you want to spend money or not? No, well, do no, it's not do you want to spend money. It's do you want to pay top-tier free agent money for a player whose production doesn't equal what the dollars are? And Okay. And, and, and it's honestly not even... It's not even that close. I mean, Draymond has been a good player. He's about to get paid like a special player. I'm okay with you wanting to resign him. I want to resign Draymond. And, and if you're telling me it's a four-year, you know, $65 million deal, like, I, I, I okay. But if if it's going to go more than that, and it's going to – I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I think reasonable minds can disagree on this one with Draymond specifically. Well, and look, it, it may turn out to be they have a plan that we don't know of, and we all sit there and go, yeah, I'd rather get player – X, Y, and Z than Draymond and Dalton Reisner and Bradley Chubb. Good job, George Payton. I don't have a lot of faith in that being the case. I don't, based on track record and based on what the situation is here. Like, are there, yeah, would I rather spend it on top-tier free agents? Sure. Who's the top-tier free agent that's clamoring to come to Denver? No one. Okay. No one. 
So then they're not going to spend it on, on anybody. And since they won the Super Bowl, every single year, this team has been 15, 20, 18, 17, whatever the numbers were, short of the cap. And all I kept hearing was, oh, they can roll it over. They can roll it over. They can roll it over. At some point, you have to spend the money. And so unless you want to go to the team store, buy a jersey that's zero zero and put cap space over the numbers, what are we doing here? you got to spend the money at some point. The the, the tag deadline, the franchise tag deadline, tag a deadline is less than 20 minutes away. We're going to walk you right up to it. Are we sure the Broncos aren't uh, going to tag Draymond? And and I have a bit of a test for you when it comes to uh, two players that could be eligible for the tag, and we'll do that next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. So if you're listening live and not after the fact on the Stokely and Zach podcast, we're about less than 15 minutes away from the franchise tag deadline. We found out a few moments ago that the Ravens have placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. This has been a story for about a year now that we've been um, just sort of following along from afar. And at the end of the day, Ravens and Lamar can't agree on a deal. Uh, before we circle back to the Draymond, uh, Dalton Reisner stuff, what Lamar Jackson is looking for is a fully guaranteed contract. Do you think he gets it? No. Okay. I don't. Russell Wilson didn't get a fully guaranteed contract. I, I think the Deshaun Watson deal will turn out to be the lone exception. Mahomes got a huge contract. It's not all fully guaranteed. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Deshaun's the only fully guaranteed Correct. contract? There's and, $230 million, I want to say. And that is aged poorly yeah, for a variety of reasons that is unfair to attach to Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson, the way he plays, his game, could you see all of a sudden, hey, the wheels just aren't there, and then what kind of quarterback is Lamar Jackson? I could, so I would be hesitant to sign him to a fully guaranteed contract, too. I would want to be able to get out of that in two or three years and be like, hey, that was a great run. We spent a lot of money. He was a dynamic player, but we're not saddled with him for half a decade if he, you know, starts throwing lug nuts in year one. Yeah. Have you heard the conspiracy theory that's rooted in reality about the Washington commanders making a play for Lamar? I heard the story with Schefter, and he was on with the Barstool guys, and he no, so, mentioned Okay, it. so that was a prank for the, uh, what's the guy, pardon my take. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he kind of, you know, was pranking him. But there is a thought that was initially floated out a couple months ago by Mike Florio of NBC's Pro Football Talk that all the owners want Daniel Snyder out. Sure. And yep. his last move could be to make a fully guaranteed contract offer to Lamar Jackson to which the Ravens would say, absolutely not. That's why they haven't been able to get a deal done. And that is Daniel Snyder's last move, a a two-pronged effort. One, a massive middle finger in the face of the rest of the NFL that I'm doubling down on the tone that you guys hated with the Deshaun Watson contract. Yep. Here's another one. This is the new tone for NFL quarterbacks. And the other is his lasting legacy, which is kind of what happened in Baltimore when – Oh, my gosh, who was the old uh, GM, uh, Ozzie Newsom? The last move that he made was drafting Lamar Jackson, and he stepped away as general manager. The thought is, for Daniel Snyder, he could finally give the commanders the quarterback that they've looking for forever, so it salvages to a degree, depending on how much success he has, some of the sins of the past while saying screw you to the rest of the NFL. Well, there's not a downside for Daniel Snyder, right? He gets to double bird the other owners, which he would be. He gets to, he'll still own the team this season, so he gets to enjoy maybe a a great last season. They had the third best defense in football last year. It was the Niners, the Eagles, and then Washington. So if you add Lamar Jack, a healthy Lamar Jackson to that team, they got some with McLaren and yep. Gibson, and they yep. got some. They, they, they got some, some pieces, guys. Yeah. So okay, that's a fun team to watch. To some extent, it probably increases the value of his franchise when he's selling it. I know you're you're, mm. you're selling it more based on, hey, there's only 32 of these. What's our market? But if all of a sudden the building is full right, and there's a momentum for yeah. your team, yeah. that helps with that. Yep. And if he gets hurt, 
what do you care? It's somebody else's contract to have to eat. There, there really isn't a downside for for Daniel Snyder. Right. Now, to me, it seems too smart for Daniel Snyder to do yeah, it. Right. But, I, sure, I would do that. It's interesting, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, when I fully read through the reasons why and why it could work, I mean, it's... it's, it's he, he's the only owner with nothing to lose. Right. And that's a scary owner. Yeah. So, okay, I could, I could buy that one. I, I'm... I'd be, boy, if, if I were Miami or some of the other teams that are supposedly interested, I would be hesitant to make it a fully guaranteed of course. deal. Of course. I, I, that, that, oh, man, that is, I don't want to say uncharted territory because we have an example, but Russell Wilson didn't rely on his legs as much as Lamar Jackson early in his career. He was more of a passer. Mm-hmm. And when he wasn't as mobile this year because he got a little hefty, Mm-hmm. He was not a very good player. No. So if Lamar Jackson, who really relies on his ability to run around and make plays and run for a thousand yards and stuff like that, that was never Russ's game. Right. If he loses his ability to run, think how how subpar of a quarterback Lamar Jackson would be at that point, and you're paying big, big money for it. Yeah, it's it's like his 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 less of a superpower is reliant on his. One A yeah. superpower, and and even this year, Russell Wilson was already trying to transition into, hey, how do I become a different quarterback and protect myself? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bulk up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stay in the pocket. It's like, nope, it doesn't work. Right. You you, you got to be the guy you are, the player you are. You got to be what has made you special. So even if Lamar Jackson changes his game to try and stay healthy, well, that ain't going to work either. Right. Most likely. So I'd be hesitant. Would I sign him to a deal that paid him 150 million guaranteed over the next three years? Sign me up. And if you're still healthy, we'll keep writing you $50 million checks in year four and year five. Absolutely. But I want to have it to where I can cut my losses after three years. I wonder how involved the Broncos would be if they didn't have Russ in the, in this sweepstakes. <sighs> I think a bigger, because there's going to be a lot of times over this offseason and coming off seasons where we're going to play the what-if game with the Broncos. Yeah. The bigger what-if is going to be whoever the Seahawks take at five. If they take Levis or they take Richardson. Do, do, do you know that they re-signed Geno? I did. Okay. And I, and Pete Carroll today said that's not going to prohibit us from taking a quarterback. And, and it shouldn't. It, that would be foolhardy to let one a one-year sample um, eliminate because you, you never plan on picking fifth again. Who, right, exactly, exactly. So whoever, if they take a quarterback at five and that quarterback turns into the next Josh Allen, that number five spot is cursed for the Broncos when it comes Dude, to Dude, can you imagine? And Anthony Richardson... I mean, this guy, and again, he's got a long way to go. He's very raw, but goodness. By the way, and we talked about what he did at the Combine and everything. He just set records, and he's just a thoroughbred. I mean, he's a 4 4 three forty with with Vince Carter's vertical jump. Like, yeah. that's insane. Crazy. Um, and a cannon. And, and an absolute cannon. But you listen to a guy like Trent Dilfer. I was listening to a podcast about four months ago, five months ago. Uh, he was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, The Ringer Network, and he's like, he's worked with Nancy Richardson. He's talked about this kid's maturity and his desire to be great. Like, this is not some sort of, you know, fly by the seat of his pants, um, you know, knucklehead. This is someone who wants to be great, who's going to put in the time, and you kind of can bet on some of that maturity. I could only imagine a scenario if we're going Josh Allen, maybe Justin Fields, who was 69 yards yeah, away from go, breaking the one. all-time uh, rushing record for a quarterback and just didn't play the last week of the season, or the record would have been his, mm. and maybe Anthony Richardson as well. We'll see how it all ages. D-Mac, what's There up? is zero chance the Seahawks are taking a quarterback. Zero? I, zero. I can't say zero. They're not zero. all in on Geno. If they are, they're foolish. No kidding. They're foolish. They just paid. Look what they just did with Geno. Well, look what they just hoodwinked the Broncos with. Yeah, we all. They were smart, and they were smart, and then they were dumb. We I mean, all justified the, and made ourselves feel good about the Russell Wilson trade. Of like, how can the Seahawks be that dumb? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe they weren't. But so so essentially, everybody's convincing me that Buffalo's dumb. They gave Von Miller that deal. The the Dolphins are dumb. They gave Bradley Chubb that deal. Whoever signs Draymond Jones is dumb because they gave him that deal. And the Seahawks. No, that one's different. That one's different. At some point, maybe the dumbness is about five miles east of here. Who said the the Bills were dumb for signing Von Miller? I I think that was a horrible move. Horrible. Horrible. It was working out well until it got hurt. It, it, but now we're three ACLs in. I mean, that's been part of that's yeah. been part of Vaughn's part of Vaughn's story. Yeah, but you can't predict when guys are getting hurt. 
when you when you're two ACLs in, maybe you say, ah, he's th- age thirty three season. Maybe we don't want to give him one hundred and sixty million bucks. Free agency, dude. When you, when you want a guy early in free agency, everybody overbids. But yeah, it was, actually, it wasn't. But that it early. wasn't early. No, actually, no, he was the last one. Time. He was the, he was the last one. Do you guys get the sense that next Monday, when the legal tampering period begins, yeah. the Broncos are going to feel a little bit like the Abs at the deadline? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the shell star. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, well, I wouldn't say probably. We'll see how it ages. They will have, be but, so but, angry. but they have plenty of money though. Yes. you're right. You're right about that. Yes. and when you restructure, it's about cash, not cap. And they have now plenty of cash, right? So they can restructure basically anybody and pay them off. And the Russell Wilson deal, um, if you look into it, is not that bad. It's twenty two million against the cap this year and thirty five point four next year. It's steep. But the, the salary cap is also going up. Right. What it kills you in 2025, and it's 55.4. And that's when it's ridiculous. So in terms of Russell Wilson, this is the year to spend money. If you are going to spend money, so forget about a backup quarterback, and I can go in detail about that. Forget about that. It's all about Russ. you got to go all in on Russ, and you can't be cheap on anything. I just don't know why. By the way, I checked around uh, just before we got on the air. They are not going to tag Draymond Jones. So do not look for something to happen here in the next... Yeah, yeah, I don't know why, and we're seeing that rep- James Palmer just put that out there a few minutes ago as well. It's it's that's it's not done. surprising. Yeah, and it's KKFN no. and KKFN HD one Longmont Denver. Yeah, oh, 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 yeah. Look, at look at you. I don't know why you. I don't know why you trade for Russell Wilson, trade for Sean Payton, and then go cheap in free agency. I just well, they don't. They it don't need to. They to absolutely me. don't need to. They've got the money to do it, so they can go for it. Right, who do you want? That's the question. Not if you've got the money, but who do you really want? Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see who ultimately ends up out there. Like, you look at the Saints, right? Like, they're going to have to let some guys go. And I heard you talk, you guys talk about it yesterday. Of, this offensive lineman or... Yeah, if it's that's Pete, where we if go. it's Ramchick, if either one of those guys are out there, I mean, that solves your two problems. Well, it's not going to be Ramchick because they already redid a deal with yeah. them. Okay. So it's not going to be yeah. Ramchick. But it could be Pete. It could be Cam Jordan. I think you probably need another pass rusher because you can't rely on Randy uh, Gregory. I think that's foolhardy to I wonder say. what Cam Jordan... What's he making this year? What did he make last last year? I mean, I don't know what he made, but he's his cap his numbers like sixteen or seventeen. His cap hit is ridiculous. His cap hit is like upwards of like twenty five million dollars or something. Okay, so I don't know what his his cash is, but his I, cap hit's bad. I just I, you know, and listen, accuse me of being the fan, accuse me of being fantasy football, whatever, but it's got to be they got to be making some splashy moves, right? Like that you can look at it and go, okay, no, I agree. I, I see what this that. is. It's not just well, okay, we're gonna try and plug it with the, this year's version of Graham Glasgow. That's yeah. just saying, that ain't going to do it for me. We want somebody. I think Pete, Andreas Pete would be a phenomenal pick at guard. I, I don't and know a, enough about him to, to speak on it. I just want to float this idea to you guys. And I'm not claiming I have a you know patent on being right with this opinion. But are the Broncos in win-now mode this year? They're coming off a 5-12 and 12 season. They just fired their coach. There's a new guy in the fold. I think, like... The way I view it, I'm not expecting the Broncos to be competing for a Super Bowl this year. I don't know if the quarterback can play. So I don't know if pushing your chips in to a five-win team is the right move this offseason. That could be next offseason if you're potentially moving on from Russ. You'll be able to roll over some cap. You're going to have to eat that money that we know they're going to have to eat if they move on. And you'll have your draft assets back. It would just be a patient approach. And I'm not so sure that's not what the Broncos need for this offseason. And I know no fans want to hear that. And I know you said that's part of the fan yeah. in you in your preface. Yeah. But um, tired of rooting for cap space. I I, I understand. I total I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I just don't know if this team is needs splash. I, I think every year an NFL team should be in win now mode. There's there's no league where worst to first is easier. Do you believe in Matthew Barry's report that Sean Payton thinks it's a one year and we'll see with no. Russell Wilson? You no. don't believe, I, I, I you, had you a, don't believe that? I could have had a layover in Indianapolis on my way to Hoboken and come up with the three rumors that guy had. Uh, a thousand percent I agree with it. And I didn't need Matthew Barry to tell me that. We've no. sort of... We've, well, how you feel about that statement kind of determines a lot with how, how you yeah, should be perceiving. Yeah, like, uh, no, uh, even without Matthew Barry's report, at least Stokely and I have gone about the conversations with Ross is, you, you got a year. You got a year under Sean Payton. So it's, out. it's win now. Yeah. Well, uh, with it, Russell it's, Wilson. It's, 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 it's what can, I'm almost looking at Russ as we did in Drew Locke in the 2020 season. Like, can you see enough from this guy that would lead you to believe you still want to go down the road with him? That's what I think this season so is about. So how much, do you, su- how much do you support him then? 
uh, offensively, you're bringing back Tim Patrick. You're bringing back Cortland Sutton. You're bringing back Jerry oh, Judy. Uh, you're bringing back. Are you sure you're bringing back Cortland Sutton? I mean, Nobody's going to take that contract. Dude, it's, Nobody. If, it's you, if you exhaust the conversation, it's such a bad contract. You would need to throw in a pick with it. You would need to do Ooh. what the Giants did with Kadarius Tony to the with the Chiefs. Wow. Like, hey, we're going to give you a pick too because. Oh, the, do you think there's no value to Cortland Sutton? I mean, if you can get a seventh round pick, someone's going to have to take on that. It's thirty five million guarantee. It was a sixty million dollar deal. You traded, away, you traded away a first round pick for your head coach. If that isn't the definition of win now mode, <laughs> I agree. See, I don't know what in the world is. See, I think this is the next half you have a decade year approach. Quarterback. I don't think it's about this year. <laughs> I, th- I think Sean Payton may be taking his medicine for one year and then putting his fingerprints okay. all over this as in new GM, okay. new QB. But if it isn't Russ. Oh, interesting. Right? It, it, unless it's an unmitigated disaster, you go 3-14, and 14, you have the number one pick, you get Caleb Williams. Okay, I think that's highly unlikely. I think... He doesn't see enough in Russ. They finish 7-10, and 8-9. It's relatively ugly, but they limp their way to a, a few wins. Then who on earth is your quarterback next year and the year after and the year after that when you are going Eight all wins in? is the worst part. It's, it's you, you, that's, that's why I, I think it's a waste of time. I've changed my mind on backup quarterback. I really don't. It, you might as well bring back Rippon. It, it seriously doesn't matter. You're going to sink. You're going to sink. You're, you're so just far saying, against it. I changed my mind. That's the most important thing. I changed my mind, and I've got a whole. I, I changed my mind. You me on coffee break yesterday for like six consecutive changed, minutes about changed it. Changed my was mind. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, well, things changed. <laughs> I guess I made a persuasive what argument. What, I, what changed was the foolishness of hearing Mike and Mark break down their top five backup quarterbacks <laughs> this morning. And when I heard that idiocy, I was just like, okay. Hold on a second. And then they're then they're like ripping on people who believe this should be the backup quarterback, not that the backup quarterback. And I realized, ah, okay, we have we have gone down the classic sports talk um, idiots wormhole about the backup quarterback situation. It's about Russ. Well, the end, period. See, and challenging. I, I, I disagree. I think that's important. I do. We're, with this situation, maybe more important than, than in the past. But any backup you get is never going to be the long-term answer unless no. you want to be Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And, and, to and me, I don't. To me, a backup quarterback needs to be a guy that when you get, if Russ gets dinged in the third quarter, can come in and finish out the game and it doesn't go off the rails. The guy to bring for that reason is Teddy Bridgewater at a low contract deal, and that's that. Because he's not going to be the future, and he's not going to be a threat. He's just Teddy. And he's he's worked with Sean Payton, and you can probably get him for a couple million bucks a year, and that's that. They beat the Jets last year if they have a competent backup quarterback. They lost 16-9. to They beat the Chiefs here. Last year, if they have a competent backup quarterback, because it was thirty four twenty eight, they got the ball yeah, back. But you twice don't, you don't want to win, or you don't want to win with a backup quarterback. You want to win wanna, with Russell Wilson. You, yeah, ultimately, but but if you don't believe that's a high no, no. probability chance of happening, like you use Seahawks and say, you know, we don't want to be that. The Seahawks were a playoff team. Geno led the league in completion percentage, broke all of Russell's records, and, and we're five and eleven. Or yeah, five and then they and got bounced. Going, we don't want to be that team. They got Seattle. bounced. They got bounced in the playoffs, and there's no hope for the future. And thirty million per year and for the, Geno is ridiculous. No, it's fifty million in the first year. They can move on. The Broncos haven't been in the playoffs <laughs> since Derek was playing, and that was two thousand and fifteen. Wait, what's the, the guarantee, long- what's the guaranteed money for Geno? I thought it was seventy million. Um, it's, uh, let's see here, 105 million, uh, it says 52 in the first year. So, I mean, that's half of the deals up front in the yeah, first but, year. But how a deal for him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think it's a good deal for the Seahawks. They're not tied into Geno moving forward. If it's 52 with 100 in the first year, they're going to be able to move on if they need to. Well, I think, to- I think that the Seahawks think that, okay, this is our first year with Geno. He's just going to get better the next two years. Yeah, probably. They're like, look, we did it with Russ. We can do it with him. If they don't draft a quarterback, they are the stupidest organization on earth. I agree. I agree. I I think trying to find a backup quarterback that can play a five, six, seven game stretch is silly. It's a, hey, you need to have a guy who can keep the train on the tracks if you're even on the tracks. If you're not, just have a crappy quarterback. We don't go to the Super Bowl without Brock Osweiler. Oh, but you guys were a Super Bowl team. What is this team? This you team also, is like, we got to figure out if you can win with Russ. And that's why I don't think that what you just said is it tells the story. The Broncos are not in some sort of big picture win now mode. They're, they're a five oh, win. Well, we're, we're justifying five cheapness. five win team, guys. We're justifying cheapness. We're justifying them to be Walmart. And I don't want them to be Walmart. I want them to be. We don't want the rollback. I want Louie. I want them bringing. Bring, that's that's oh, what I want, want. You want high end. Yeah, you want Target. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want Walmart. You want Target. I, I mean, I I, I, get, I get what you're saying. My thing is like, would I like them to spend and land all these big free agents? Like, of course. Like, I want the Broncos to win. I just don't know if looking at the who the Broncos are currently with clarity and wisdom does that say. 
push your chips in with this group? And I, I would argue that it says, no, don't do that. I don't see what They've Sean... already kind of done that with Russ, though. Yeah, and unfortunately, you can't kind control of. that moving forward. Well, you can control his what you're cap, to His do. cap hit really isn't that bad this yeah, year. Yeah, but if you look at what they gave no. up, they look at all everything they've given up for two different guys, Russ and Sean Payne. Yeah. And they, have, they are all in. Right. That's not a... Uh, let's see where we're at in three or four see, years. Yeah, that doesn't mean go, let's, all right, right let's, okay. buy, let's pump the brakes here. No, like, but, you just bought the team. If you're the, the Penner, if you're, sorry, what's it, Greg? If you're Greg Penner, you're like, look, do whatever you got to do to win. Whatever we got to spend, whatever we got to do, we will figure it out. Yeah, that's what I think they should do. They should well, go they for it. Do. They just don't really believe don't. in Draymond Jones for whatever reason. They don't really love him. That's, 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 an, that's a football evaluation thing. It's not a money thing. That is a football evaluation of who they think he is. Did you buy the Matthew Perry? Well, I already told Perry you he doesn't play the run great. That he doesn't mm-hmm. like Matthew that, Perry. You're in a three-four. Myself. You have Vance Joseph coming over there. Sorry, I'm. I, I, I would. We believe- have like two conversations going on right now. I'm looking at Zach talking. Zach's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but they they run a three. They're running a three-four defense. He is a pass rushing three technique. He's not a three-four defensive end that can be styled in the run. Yeah, well, they know that, and they're not going to. And he can't play nose guard, so he's only available on third down. So they're not going to pay eighteen to twenty million a year for a guy that can't play all three downs. They are not. They're not going to do it. I would have believed the report more if it was Matthew Perry than Matthew Barry's report. You don't like yes. Matthew Barry, huh? I like him fine. I just think that was a. I think it was an irresponsible report it to was, put out there. It was pretty funny that Sean Payton doesn't like Russell Wilson personally. That's uh, I don't know. That's, that's a big one to put out there. Who unless, put that out? Matthew Barry. Unless Sean Payton Who? said it to him directly, that's a. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you made some good points. It was like a very casual report. It was very casual, and and it's a big allegation in a very casual report. You know, Sean Payton's just got to start Will Smith and people. <laughs> you know, keep my name out of your mouth, guys. This is this this entire conversation. I think it depends on whose lens you're looking through, and that's problematic. I think Sean Payton's lens is different than George Payton's lens. The we'll Broncos see. are disjointed. We're, we're about I think, to find out. I think Sean Payton is okay with going through a trial run year and then ultimately leaving his fingerprints all over this organization after this year. General manager, quarterback, roster control. Um, I think this is a let's get through it, let's see type of approach from Sean Payton. But he's that's going to take, take control. You think? After after this year, yeah. yeah, that's what I think. But we'll you know we'll see. All right. Well, we're here to talk about the it's it's past. There's nothing. I mean, you know, there's nothing, right? Nope. So that's it. So they didn't they didn't tag they, Draymond. They, they sat on their. Draymond's going to get paid, and I'm happy for him. And he's going to he's going to walk for nothing. They're going to get nothing for him. Yep. From a guy who said, "Hey, our our plan of attack is to draft and develop and retain our own guys." Well, second second straight well, guy, he's called a core player. I, I, like, oh. Well, I was just going to say that. That's like the new. That's like the new label. You probably don't want. Call yeah. Bradley Chubb a core player. Traded him. Called uh, Draymond Jones a core player, and um, no deal. Okay. Well, we'll dig through All it. Right. And uh, interesting day for the Ravens. Mm. Really yeah. interesting day for the Ravens. And and here we go, folks. This is the drive on the fan.